Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The Fan is live and local with Fan Sports Saturday. The Fan Sports Day of the Week. Oh, this is some clever branding. Here's your host, place name here. You know, I bet my team can win the college football playoff. If you've said that to somebody in the past eight months, or if you've had that phrase to you in some form or fashion since February, today, you're going to be feeling one of two ways. When you wake up Sunday, I should say, hella confident or hella concerned. Good afternoon, everybody. Week four, technically. week Yeah, no, it is week four of the college football season. Has the eyes of the nation on South Bend, Indiana. We're number six, Ohio State's at number nine, Notre Dame. We thank you for having your ears on this station as your pre, 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 pre-game show. We roll into the pre-game show with Matty Ice and Devere Posey at two o'clock. Anthony Rothman's going to have the tailgate show from two to, no, from four to six. And then from six, Paul Skip and Jim will be live in South Bend, Indiana, taking you up to when the boot will meet the ball at 7.30. Again, good afternoon, everybody. I am Eric Reeser. Across the way from me is Bodie Wells, and we are both wearing green today for different reasons, which I will get to here in a minute. But what I really wanted to do was introduce, as you heard him right there, from a basement in South Bend, Indiana, Chops. What are you looking at right now? So we actually, we we called an audible and we moved upstairs. So I'm in one of the childhood bedrooms of a friend's sibling. And so there are pictures of uh, him all over the room. He's got some books here, but we are in Granger, Indiana, which is very close to South Bend. And I learned today that actually the campus, the actual college is in Notre Dame, Indiana, and it's only the campus, but I didn't know that before today because I heard somebody say University of Notre Dame, and I was like, well, University of usually is held for when you're actually at that place, in that state, in that city, and so I looked it up. Notre Dame, Indiana does exist, but in all real sense, everybody would always say, even where I'm at, that you're in South Bend, and I've got the windows open here. It's a beautiful day out here, and uh, I'm ready to get going. I am excited. I got my scarlet on one of our uh one of our friends the one whose mom helped get the tickets she is wearing Notre Dame gear she didn't go to Ohio State so I get it a little bit, but I was a little upset when I was like, wait, you're wearing Notre Dame gear? And she said it was part of the deal with my mom. Her mom is a uh, professor at Notre Dame, and she said, don't tell anybody where you got the tickets because my students were already giving me crap throughout the week. But here I am. If there are any Notre Dame fans listening, I won't give a name, but yeah, us Buckeyes, we've invaded South Bend, Indiana, Notre Dame, Indiana, whichever you want to call it, by getting tickets through one of your own. So if you see too much Scarlet, maybe don't point a finger right at us, but people in a similar situation because that's going to be the deal if it does get taken over which we've seen happen in notre dame stadium before but they've tried this year to push back on that we'll see come 7 30 what it looks like scarlet versus green right a concerted effort by notre dame athletics for the past year i guess since they had georgia in town a couple seasons back to not allow scarlet to permeate amongst what's going to be a kelly green atmosphere at uh, notre dame stadium 
But uh, Chops, I, I did want to ask you with this, with all of the games that are going on today, we've got six matchups between teams in the top 25, a pair of games going on right now with two teams in the top 10 that are looking, could be an upset as Rutgers takes an early 6 nothing lead on Michigan. The opening kickoff returned for a touchdown. The Scarlet Knights lead 6 nothing from the big house. Of these programs, they're all thinking, we could do the college football playoff. That could totally be a move. Your Iowa Hawkeyes, as Bodie said in the update later on tonight at Penn State, are you thinking that for your college football team of choice? Based on my picks yesterday during Bishop and Friends, no, I'm not oh. thinking that Iowa's going to spring the upset. Hell Although they concern. have had they have had very good luck against Penn State, James Franklin's Penn State, whichever way you want to look at it, both of them since uh, the Nittany Lions joined the conference all the way back in the 90s. But overall, I just don't think they're going to have enough offensive firepower, which is something that has been common for Iowa, especially over the last few seasons. And I don't think the defense is quite as lights out as it has been. It's still very good. It's a very good defense, but I don't know if you can count on a, a pick six in just about every game or at least every big game, it seemed like. And then the run defense, I think, is fallible this year. And Penn State can run it. they got two guys who can run the ball. So I think it's going to be a bit of a long day for Iowa. And even at plus 14.5, which is what we picked it at yesterday, I believe, I didn't feel confident in going with the Hawkeyes. So, no, I think that's going to be a loss for them. But you mentioned all those ranked games today. Uh, There's a lot of them, and it's going to be a a movement day about where do people really stand in this top 25. It's six ranked matchups today. Correct, and I totally blew the Rutgers call. It was the first play of scrimmage. Rutgers scores uh, a very long touchdown catch and run. Um, but as my eyes peered up to the television sets, I see a guy streaking with several maize and blue defenders behind him, and I just assumed, because Rutgers on offense? Good news is you won't have to get in trouble for doing play-by-play on the radio of a game we don't have the rights to because you did the wrong play-by-play, so I think you're in the clear. That's All right. good. So, so far, so good as we're six minutes into what's going to be a two-hour broadcast. And yes, there will be a lot of Ohio State and Notre Dame. There's going to be uh, some more Big Ten talk as it is a pretty seismic day in the conference. As we've alluded to with Michigan, the second-ranked team in the country for the past couple of weeks has acted accordingly, to borrow a phrase from the Lifestyle, Leisure, and Sports Program, Bishop and Friends, weekdays 9 to noon. But for them and for several teams, I think, in the top 10 chops, it's fair to say that they haven't looked like the number next to their name. And that can be said about Ohio State up until last week against the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. That an offense that you think if you can copy and paste that to Notre Dame or against Notre Dame today, Ohio State fans should be hella confident about their chances for the college football playoff. Yeah, I mean, based on the the top 10 right now, it's it's one of those things where I think you could take them all and put them in like a Yahtzee cup and throw them out and say, okay, I guess this is the order right now. I think the teams that are in the top 10, I don't have a, really a problem with the teams they've selected to to be in that kind of ranking, but as far as the order goes, you know, you've got LSU or Florida State with a big win over LSU. Texas has the big win over Alabama, so like there's an argument there, but Georgia, while not looking completely dominant, they're still coming off two straight national championships. They are your number one. Michigan still receiving first place votes by people as they've mostly acted accordingly. They really shut it down in the second half, so it's hard to tell are they shutting it down or are they not as good to really blow out these teams I, I don't know they've been without their head coach on the sideline as well through those first three weeks he's back but for Ohio State 
I am one of the the people in, in Buckeye country who doesn't really have a problem that they've fallen to number six. It was a little lackluster against Indiana, and especially against Youngstown State. At least Indiana is a conference game on the road, but Youngstown State didn't, you know, fireworks all over the place, and you didn't go out of that game going, oh yeah, this is the Buckeye offense we've been expecting. We got to see those fireworks against Western Kentucky, so you feel good about that. But I think lost, especially in those first two games, with the way Ohio State was looking offensively, and we all focus on that so much because especially in the Ryan Day era, but even starting in the Urban Meyer era, the offense really changed. Started being a 40-point-per-game type machine, and now with Brian Hartline, all the receivers, can you get them involved? They've got three good running backs right now with Travion Henderson, who could possibly be a real star in college football as he's coming off last year where he spent most of the year dealing with an injury. He has looked explosive at times, but he's not getting the lion's share. Either way, I think what got overshadowed in those first two games is the defense is playing pretty lights out for Ohio State. Not the greatest opponents, but I will take, what, Three, seven, ten, as far as what you're giving up in in the first few games. It's an average of less than ten points per game, only twenty points in three games. So I think the defense is improved, but it will be tested against a much better quarterback in Notre Dame than what we saw from them last year. Today, have they fixed the problem? Everybody knows what I'm talking about when I'm talking about Ohio State's defense, and I say, have they fixed the problem? Sure, they're good. We know they're talented. They have players who make big plays. But is a safety going to creep up? Is a corner going to fall down? Is somebody going to break loose on a play that should only be maybe for 15 yards? And it goes 65 and into the end zone, which was the kryptonite of the Buckeyes last year and really the the year before as well. And Notre Dame is a team that can take advantage of those kind of mishaps on defense. So this is their first real test of, okay, Jim Knowles, you improved the defense in year one, but they still had that glaring issue. Have you closed that up, or is it going to be a long day for the Buckeyes? Most likely in the secondary. That's where we've seen most of those. But think about the run plays, too, and Notre Dame can run the ball as well. The group of players that would like to be known as Silver Bullets come Thanksgiving. Again, 20 points in three weeks. Pretty solid. Uh, Also solid, The last, uh, not the last time they played Notre Dame, but a couple years ago, 2016, in the Fiesta Bowl, there were two turnovers caused by the Silver Bullets. One of those turnover makers will join us on his way back from Ann Arbor in the 1 o'clock hour of the program. That's Tyvis Powell at 133. We're looking to connect with Matt Andrews, who will be on the call tonight. He's on his way to South Bend, so hope to do that at the bottom of this hour. So plenty of different directions we will go, as again, the eyes of the college football world are going to be on Ohio State and Notre Dame for the most part tonight. You do have that Iowa-Penn State matchup, but this is a two, three, four-screen television day as, again, two oopsie-daisy matchups. And number four, Florida State at Clemson. That game is scoreless. But Michigan right now trailing Rutgers 7 to nothing. Both of those games still very early. Still plenty of college football left to play, but for one of for those chops, when you're going to be out, say at two o'clock, you're going to be let loose into South Bend or into Notre Dame, Indiana. You're not going to be able to keep up on all of these things. How do you handle that when you come back to let's speak it into existence? Ohio Ohio State beats Notre Dame tonight. You stumble back two, three, four in the morning, and then figure out on Sunday what the hell just happened. That's going to be the ask of college football fans. And to those that say like transfer portal, name, image, and likeness has really eroded things with the sport. We can't get enough of this, and today is providing that. And actually, some of the results this year have said that maybe it's actually a good thing because Mm -hmm. we got to the point where it was easy to say, okay, 
Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and maybe a fourth different team. Georgia has obviously entered that conversation in recent years as Clemson has kind of exited it. But for the most part, you felt very confident about three-ish teams would automatically make the college football playoff. Here we are in week four, and I don't have that right now. And Colorado has been the, the surprise and the biggest story in really sports this fall so far. And they were built all on the transfer portal. But as far as catching up on all of it, well, one, we're going to some tailgates. So I expect there to be some TVs during the afternoon, but I'll definitely miss really live all the other games that are going on in the evening tonight and most notably that Iowa-Penn State game. But I already have a plan because I didn't drive, so I on Sunday on our four-hour ride back, I'll have time to catch up on it. So I'm hoping my phone can can get me through most of this, but there's a, uh, there's a YouTube account that does a really good job of making condensed games that are between like 20 and 30 minutes, depending on how many highlights there are to actually pack into there. And so I'm going to check out a number of them. I feel like I'll have a decent hold on the noon games, but like 3.30, Colorado-Oregon will probably be on that list. UCLA-Utah, Ole Miss-Alabama. These are those ranked matchups we're talking about. And then, obviously, the Iowa-Penn State game will be another one. So that's how I'm going to try to get back onto it. But even if you weren't busy going to a game, walking around a campus, tailgating today, even if you had the four TVs might be enough. But if you only have a two-TV setup, which I think is kind of the the norm right now for people who are really into college football, you're going to miss things today. That's how good of a day it is. But I know from people who are listening here and from the people that are here in Indiana with me right now, all eyes will be on this Ohio State Notre Dame game come seven thirty. It's really a drinking from the fire hose type of day. Uh, this from Brad Crawford: Four F sixteen fighting Falcons just buzz Notre Dame Stadium in preparation for tonight's flyover against Ohio State. So it feels like everybody's well, you know ready. How that sounds. Right? Yeah. That's that. I mean, the pomp, the circumstance, the pageantry is everything you're going to get before the game at halftime. We're going to let it rip was the comment by Ryan Day that we do want to get that I do want to get into because we talked about being aggressive. And so for both teams tonight, both teams that you're going to see with at times criticized for a conservative approach. But really, everybody around the country, now that there's so much exposure with those six ranked matchups that I talked about with Rutgers and Michigan, with Florida State and Clemson going on right now, style points can be gained. In this week, this second to last week in September, you can't eliminate yourself from college football playoff contention. But boy, can you make a statement and can you make your players, your coaches and your fan base feel hella confident about your chances going into October, which for all these teams is going to be ridiculously important. And then, of course, November is when everything comes to fruition, whether or not you're going to be college football playoff bound or not. There's only one program that's had more success against Notre Dame all time. And that's Georgia. They've got three wins over the Fighting Irish. They're three in Ohio State, five and two. And what I think has been a criminally low a number of meetings all time between these two historic programs, Notre Dame and Ohio State. But there's a lot of connections with the coaching staffs. There's a lot of connections with these players on both sides for the Buckeyes and for the Fighting Irish. And so storylines abound. We don't have two hours to properly give you all of that. But again, to the aggressiveness of Ohio State for Ryan Day, How aggressive do we want Jim Knowles? What about Marcus Freeman and the Fighting Irish? We'll get into all of that next. It's Sports Saturday here on The Fan. Tweet from a listener. Are you carrying the Buckeye game today? Considering we've never not carried one, yes. The answer is yes. The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. 
All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Just because it's the weekend doesn't mean we shut up. This is Fan Sports Saturday. Yeah, shut up. Are you kidding me? You see this on television today? Or it'll be on the fan with pregame coverage starting at 6 o'clock. Number 6, Ohio State. Number 9, Notre Dame. Eric Reeser Chops. Bodie Wells run along with you on the pre-pre-pre-pregame show until 2 o'clock. Chops, is there any concern that Lee Corso put on Brutus the Buckeye in front of fighting Irish fans this morning on game day? Okay, so I don't have the second screen in here, so I've been watching the Michigan Rutgers, so I missed the headgear. That's what he did. He put on yep. Brutus Buckeye. Okay. Um, now nah, I think he'll be okay. I think he garners enough respect that nobody's going to like sucker punch Lee Corso as he, as he comes off set, but he loves to put on that Brutus head. And I might add, um, I like the pick. I think it was a very smart pick by Lee Corso. Good job out of him. So you're telling Vince Vaughn and Pat McAfee to go bleep themselves because they were rolling with the Irish on college game day. Now, see, because I'm in town, I think I'm going to not go that far okay. as to say go bleep themselves. Plus, I mean, win or lose, if I get a chance to hang out with Vince Vaughn by the end of the day, I'm going to do that. So that's something that I don't want to possibly uh, go against. But I did see one quote from Vince Vaughn where he said uh, if he had the, half the heart of Rudy that he would have been playing in these games and set up here making the picks. And I was like, yeah, maybe, but I think your life turned out pretty good, Vince. Yeah, things worked out pretty right. well for Vince Vaughn. Um, another interesting character made an interesting couple of comments yesterday about Ohio State Notre Dame. We'll get into those coming up next, but aggressiveness, um, aggression has really been the term, I think, that sets the tone for that has set the tone for this game. For Ohio State fans, all they've wanted from Ryan Day is to be the aggressive play caller that they saw in the Georgia game, not the the timid, conservative play caller that was seen in Michigan and that has shown it, itself a couple of times this season. Not the Notre case Dame last year as right. well. It took uh, a a physical matchup that Ohio State won twenty one to ten, but didn't feel like an 11-point win over what I still thought then and still think now was a good Notre Dame team last season. Fast forward to now, Notre Dame's better. They've got an actual guy at quarterback, and they've got a head coach that says in Marcus Freeman, we weren't very aggressive last year. This year, we're going to have to be to match what should be an aggressive Ohio State offense. Yeah, and Ohio State's form of aggressiveness, especially on offense, is going to be airing it out and going for those big chunk plays. That's what Ohio State does best. That's what they did against Georgia. There was a feeling last year that it felt like Ryan Day was trying to be something outside of himself by making this team, oh, we're we're going to be down in the trenches and we're going to be tough. And then when you get in the game against Michigan, it's like, no, that's a team that actually plays with a little bit more of that mentality and they beat you at that because that's their game. For Ohio State to be aggressive, play your game. Get the receivers involved. Get the wide, get the running backs out in space. Give them a chance to go. But as far as like three, three yards in a cloud of dust, no, that's not what Ohio State needs to be doing. On defense... That, to me, it's just limit those those big plays, and I think the biggest difference for Ohio State over the last few years, now these guys played stellar last year, so you started to, to see it, is the linebacker play. Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers can guard it sideline to sideline. They can take on anybody, and they've got a tall task today. Somebody they might meet in the, in the hole a few times in Audric Estime, who leads the nation in rushing. Now it's through four games, but he is second in yards per game. But yeah, that kind of stuff. Get aggressive on those. Stop them there. But really, it's the offensive stuff, because as Notre Dame has definitely improved offensively, 
I'm not sure that they're going to be able to win this game if it gets into the 30s or even into the 40s. Uh, and I think that's exactly where Ohio State wants it to be. And don't pull back, Ryan Day. Keep going for it. You have the better athletes on the outside. That's what you should be trying to do. And you say that to Ryan Day, but I'm, I want to be careful about saying that to Jim Knowles and the defensive front for Ohio State because theoretically, four should get it done in terms of harassing Sam Hartman. Now you've got gigantic Joe Alt on his blind side that you're in, what, 122 pass-blocking snaps for him. He's not allowed a quarterback pressure all season, right? Like you mentioned, through four games. So it's likely not going to come from the edges. So that's when I look to Tyleek Williams, who's third on the team behind Steele and Tommy Eichenberg. They need to get it done with traditional defense, in my opinion, more so than heavy blitzing, because with a quarterback like Sam Hartman, who's seen it all. He's been around since 2018 in the college game. Think of the evolution that college football's done since he was a freshman at Wake Forest to where it is now. There's nothing he hasn't seen, Chops. No, he's seen everything. I mean, he holds multiple career records in the ACC, and now he's at Notre Dame just to show you how much experience this guy has. So that's going to be something where... I can live with Sam Hartman like just having a, a, a tremendous game in Ohio State, losing that way, but I do want them to, to find a way to get pressure on him. Yes, the sacks haven't been there, but the pressure and pass rate or pass rush win rate, that kind of stuff, the advanced analytics that the PFF guys love to tout. Ohio State has been good at that. So are those going to turn into at least bothering the quarterback enough to make a few mistakes or hopefully finally actually getting to them? You mentioned Joel on the outside. So probably JT Tuimolo out going up against him most of the game. That's going to be a tough task. But Jack Sawyer is going to have an opportunity from the other side of the line. And, and up the middle, I think that's something where the Buckeyes can eat. Tyleek Williams has played really well this year. Um, he looks like he's fully into form. Michael Hall Jr. had his best game of the season last year against Notre Dame. Is that something we can see? Is the middle of the Notre Dame offensive line soft enough to get through? Jim Knowles, as far as like being aggressive, he has mentioned that a lot this year. That he's like at a place like Ohio State, where it, I'm paraphrasing, but like the idea of like you get a lot of run support if you think about it that way because of how good the offense is. So you don't need to make those opportunities and you don't need to take those chances all the time on defense. Sometimes it's good enough just keeping it all in front of you and forcing the team. To, to punt after a, a number of plays, whether that's a three and out or maybe they get to, to six plays, they get a couple of first downs. But either way, you can get that stop and no harm, no foul because they didn't break it loose for one. And I think that's something Jim Knowles has learned this year is we don't need to send guys. We don't need to bring the safeties up to hopefully this. You don't always need to try to, to jump the route. And I hope that that's true. That's what he said through three games. It looks like they are better at that. But Notre Dame is a different test. Yeah, and it looks like they've gotten better through three weeks of the college football season where you took you know, games against Indiana, then Youngstown State, and finally Western Kentucky before this Notre Dame matchup to actually get better. Not only in your basic coverages, your basic schemes, but in terms of getting teams off the field on third down was a big issue at Youngstown State. Less of an issue against Western Kentucky. Going to need to be the thing, in my opinion, one of the keys to actually winning this game and beating a Sam Hartman who, where you've, for his wide receiver talent, these aren't dudes that you should have a ton of fear in, but with a quarterback on the level of Sam Hartman, they can elevate the kind of play from their guys, and they can give everybody around them the type of confidence that would make them feel, okay, when the lights are brightest, when it's prime time, and we've got a team of five-star dudes coming at us, we'll be able to not only hold our own, but push forward. The control of the line of scrimmage, also a super important thing on both sides, and for both play callers... For Ohio State, Ryan Day and Jim Knowles, it'll come down to trust. 
like where we thought for the first couple of weeks of the season, he didn't necessarily, Ryan Day, have the trust in Kyle McCord to open up the offense until you got to a Western Kentucky. Well, similarly with Jim Knowles, can he trust that his guys can do the basic things to get the job done rather than have to call a couple of blitzes that could leave a guy or two in on an island or a guy wide open because you give Sam Hartman that opportunity, he will make you pay. Yeah, another thing I want to watch for Notre Dame today, because I've been interested in looking at this, the closest we can get to a like opponent, now NC State is not on Ohio State's level, although they had a very exciting game last night. I don't know if you saw the end of that, where multiple penalties influenced plays. We got a second kick for a chance for the win. But either way, Notre Dame played NC State a few weeks ago. They won 45-24, to but it was 24-17 to with NC State having the ball entering the fourth quarter. So it was a little bit of a fight, and then Notre Dame did some stuff at the end to do that. But what did the balance of play calling look like? Because Sam Hartman has thrown no more than 26 passes in a game this year. Uh, That was against Central Michigan last week, but he only threw 24 in that NC State game, a game that was close into the fourth quarter, and they took over, but still, 24 versus I believe it was 37 rushing attempts for the team that day. If Notre Dame finds himself whether they're down one score, but especially if they get down two scores and we're getting into the second half, and maybe that's a situation Ohio State could find them in, how much are they going to put that on Sam Hartman when it feels like, okay, there's a lot more urgency to get out there and score and we can't run the clock? That's something I really want to watch today is are they going to get into a situation where they, they leave a little bit what they've been doing this year and Sam Hartman all of a sudden attempts 35, 40 passes in a game? We talk about those 24 attempts in the game against NC State. 24 total touchdowns for the Notre Dame offense in a very balanced attack through four games. 204 yards on the ground, 304 yards average per game passing. And so what they're going to want to do is similar to Ohio state is impose and establish things up front to get to choose exactly what they want to do. And the quarterback play, I believe elevates. And so that's going to need to be the ask for Kyle McCord today. Now that the job's his without question for just the second week in a row, which still seems kind of bonkers to think about, but it's Kyle McCord's offense. And so he's got to make Ryan day look really good. And, I think everybody within the sound of my voice believes that can happen. Now, Lou Holtz had some comments about Ryan Day and his Ohio State teams. Is he right? We'll discuss that next. It's Sports Saturday here on The Fan. When that alarm clock goes off, morning juice comes on. The perfect way to dominate your day or just lay around the house. Morning juice. Weekdays at 6. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Details. Instead of annoying national people talking to you this weekend, we've opted for annoying local people. This is Fan Sports Saturday. Super annoying, super local, super early are your pre-pre-pre-pre-game festivities. Eric Reeser Chops, Bodie Wells rolling along until 2 o'clock today. You'll have Matty Ice and Devere Posey from 2 to 4. From 4 to 6 will be Anthony Rothman and the Tailgate Show. And then right at 6 o'clock, you'll hear from Skip, Paul, and Jim on the network pregame. Boodle meet the ball in South Bend between number 6, Ohio State, number 9, Notre Dame, around 7.30 tonight. Uh, Chops, I forgot to explain as to why I am wearing Hunter Green in an all-scarlet and gray studio. Well, at 3.30 today, the 3-1 and Ohio Bobcats are at Bowling Green. 
So I am, as I am every Saturday, wearing the green and white above the rest. Our producer Ohio, for t- as many Power Five wins as Ohio State right now, if you think about it. Yes, last right. week against uh, Northern or not Northern Iowa, but which is it? Directional Iowa, Iowa State, <laughs> Iowa State. Yeah. Wow, they beat Iowa State. Hmm. Matt Campbell, that uh, stock going way down over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's. I mean, does Brock Purdy? I guess how did Brock Purdy think feel about Matt Campbell there? Because did he make him look better or worse in his I time think there? He- I think the combination of Brock Purdy and Brees Hall was something that Matt Campbell got to benefit on. I think he was okay at the beginning of his career at Iowa State. Again, the expectations are pretty low there. So you get into like, oh, you're going to bowl games. People are excited. They had like a 10-win season there the the second to last year of uh, Purdy and Hall. Then the their senior year, they came back and it did not go well. But they started like ranked in the, in the top 10. Um, but I think... Now that we've seen, especially Brees Hall, I mean, he looks like a dude. Birdie's still kind of hard to figure out. Is that just Shanahan or is that like, is he better than we thought? I mean, he was the last overall pick in the draft. But either way, Matt Campbell looks like he needs some dudes like that. And you don't get dudes like that consistently at Iowa State. And they've kind of regressed to the mean of what the Cyclones have been for, I don't know, ever. And so directly across from me is our producer for today's festivities, Bodie Wells, our resident Notre Dame expert. Bodie, how do you feel about tonight's game? Feeling all right. Wouldn't say great. Kind of want to throw up. Confidence not. Also, kind of, okay. it's, it's not that it's like, <laughs> I think we're screwed. It's just a very uneasy, like, a lot of times when the Irish go into these matchups, it's like, God, how in the world are we even going to hang around? And this one, it's a very weird feeling because I feel like we got a shot. Also, like I said, kind of makes me want to throw up. If I could just like knock myself out now for the next uh, seven hours and just wake up at game time, that'd probably help a little bit. But feeling better than week one last year? Oh, no question. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, Yeah. I mean there was just there was just such little confidence that the offense was gonna. Last year was more of like a we got to win the turnover battle, maybe by two or more. Probably need like a special teams touchdown or something. Where this year is like just play your best, and that doesn't mean. You know, you probably need the Buckeyes to play their B game, but if the Irish play their A game and Ohio State plays their B game, Notre Dame can win this game. Yeah, a true top 10 team, I think Notre Dame is this year. And so Bodie's confidence, I'll rate a 5 out of 10. I feel that's fair. fair. Yep. And I also think that's fair for Ohio State fans. You know, it's it's 5, 6. Some might be feeling 7 out of 10 on this, but as, as far as a, a 3-point favor in terms of the road team... It's strange, and I think you know our, our shows yesterday had the similar, I don't really know what to think about this game, but I'm wondering if comments made by Lou Holtz yesterday on the Pat McAfee show are more confidence or character, and uh, this from Holtz, quote, Notre Dame wins by 10. I believe that in my heart, and I'm not going to do a Lou Holtz impersonation. You can go on YouTube or TikTok and find a bad one. I'm not going to give you mine. He continues, Lou Holtz does, quote, Notre Dame's a better football team than Ohio State, and let me tell you why. We have the best offensive line in the country. Sam Hartman won't even get his jersey dirty all year. He said, time to throw the football. We have great running backs. This team is averaging about 10 yards per carry. We have great receivers, so offensively, we're set. Defensively, our defensive line's better. Chops, is any of that, I'm going to use a phrase, cap, in your opinion? Uh, going through it, so cap check for it, piece by piece. Notre Dame wins by 10. That's the one that I think is cap for sure. No no good on that one, but he believes it in his heart, so who am I to say? Right, it's his heart. How are we to say anything? We'll, we'll see the game played out. Notre Dame is a better football team than Ohio State. 
that we'll, we'll know at the end of the game. I can't say for sure that's cap. If Notre Dame wins, I'd have to tip my cap to them and say, okay, yeah, they are the better team. But then he goes to let me tell you why. Best offensive line in the country, most true statement in there. I think that, you know, I don't know for sure that they're the best in the country, but they are one of the best in the country. They've got a top 10 pick in Joe Alt at left tackle, and then it goes out from there. But is it a little soft in the middle? That's something I think we're going to find out tonight. Sam Hartman won't even get his jersey dirty all year. That one's not He's true. been he's sacked four sacked. times. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been sacked, and he will get sacked. I don't know what's going to happen tonight, but he will get sacked throughout the, the rest of the season. So that one's the most outlandish, I think. Uh, he has time to throw the football. True. They have great running backs. I I don't have a problem with that one. The team is averaging about 10 yards per carry. Well, that one's just a fact. Can't go with that. But we have great receivers, so offensively we're set. I think they have good receivers, and Sam Hartman has shown a propensity to spread it around. But there doesn't appear to be like a – like in, in the case for Notre Dame defensively, Marvin Harrison, circle him. They're going to double him a lot. They want to take him out of the game as much as they can. I don't think Notre Dame has that. It's more of a collective unit in the receivers, and you don't know who Sam Hartman's going to favor. He might just find that – as the game goes on and he sees what Ohio State is giving them. But especially when you're comparing it to Notre Dame is taking on Ohio State today, sure, Notre Dame can say they have great receivers, but Ohio State has better ones. This this gem, quote, every day we get to practice against good. And he says we, he means Notre Dame. We get to practice covering our good receivers. Won't be much different than covering the great receiver they have at Ohio State. Plus, we're playing at home. So that's where I think he goes because it's all cap. It will be different. It will be different. It will be much different. And that's where I think he goes into playing somewhat of a character where they were doing the Pat McAfee show live from the campus of Notre Dame. And so you had fans behind him, and it was a very much a rah-rah from a former head coach speak. Where I don't think he's capping too much is when he says, quote, you look at Coach Day, and I coached at Ohio State under Woody Hayes. We won the national championship when I was there. However, Day has lost to Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and Michigan twice. And everybody that beats him does so because they are more physical than Ohio State. And I think Notre Dame will take that same approach, end quote. And I think he's absolutely right in this instance. I believe that this game, while they will try to air it out early, the more physical team, and this isn't breaking any news, I don't think, will be the victor tonight in South Bend. But I don't think, and I was kind of saying that earlier, alluding to it, that Ohio State needs to get arbitrarily physical just because they feel like that's how this game needs to go. They need to be able to like take the punch Respond. in the face and, and, and stand up to it and, yeah, and push back against it. But that doesn't mean that they need to then put their hand in, in the dirt and go under center and go three tight ends and try to play that game. That's not your game. You don't need to do that, but you need to not be pushed back when another team comes at you physical. So you need to be the, the, the wall in that sense and not the nail to their hammer. That is a good point because last year with Michigan, it felt like Ohio State was trying to be this – tough punch you in the face sort of team and then against georgia it was a let's just be who we are and you saw how both of those games went where one was an ass whipping to the rival and the other was a a field goal away from being national champion essentially yeah and so you being yourself i think is important for both teams tonight when you mentioned and I will say a lot about Sam Hartman because I do think a lot of the Irish quarterback that he'll elevate and he'll share. He'll share the football where there's not going to be just one or two guys that you've got to cover. That's He's going to find seven, eight different receivers to throw it to. And conversely for Ohio State, it's going to be a to your early point chops. They're going to double the route, man. They're going to make sure it can't just be a throw it up and find him. That it's going to be a Mecca Igbuka. There's going to be a Where's Julian Fleming. It's going to have to be a Where's Cade Stover in this. And I do think for Stover, he's going to have to be in this matchup if they're going to want to feel comfortable about a win. 
And how much can they hide Stover in plays where he's not going to be yep. a primary target because his run blocking is still leaving something to be desired? That's kind of across the board for Ohio State. But how much can they they leave him in for plays like that? Because that's how you know a tight end can get lost. How he's been doing? He's been run blocking the last few plays, and then he slips up the seam. We saw that against uh, that was Indiana where he had that really long play. But I think Kate Stover could get really involved today. But he's going to have to hold his own when he's in there not as more of a receiving target, and that's still something that he needs to improve on. He's not terrible at it, but you know, reading through like his like draft stock type stuff, that's the thing people point to the most with him is can he be better in line blocking? Couple updates uh, from games around the country. Couple of minutes into the second quarter at the big house, number two Michigan and Rutgers are tied at seven. Uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio's Queen City, the Bearcats are hosting the 16th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners. Bearcats have a 3 nothing lead. Two minutes and change left to go in the first quarter there. And then at one of two Death Valleys, or one of three Death Valleys across the country, Clemson has an early 3 nothing lead on number 4 Florida State. There's about 17 ticks of the clock left to go in the first quarter there. We will head out to South Bend and get our man on the ground, Matty Andrews, on this program next at Sports Saturday here on The Fan. Wake up with the fan. Eat lunch with the fan. Go to bed with the fan. Dream about the fan. Then change your sheets. Gross. Ew, you guys are gross, but stick around in case I don't find anyone else. The fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Sports Talk Weekend Style. You're listening to Fan Sports Saturday. It's not just any other weekend here. Research Shops, Bodie, rolling along until 2 o'clock today. And we go out now live. The Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline from South Bend, Indiana, or I guess as I just learned, it's technically Notre Dame, Indiana. Matt Andrews will be on the call on the sideline at Notre Dame Stadium tonight. Again, at number six, Ohio State, number nine, Notre Dame. Maddie, as you roll in to beautiful South Bend and you see touchdown Jesus and the Golden Dome, when the boot meets the ball, what are your eyes going to be on early in this game? Well, I think the key to the game, if that's what you're asking, is going to be Ohio State's offensive line. Can they protect? Can they run block? Uh, I've, I said all summer, I'm not worried about who the quarterback's going to be. I'm worried about what that line's going to look like. So that'll be the, the number one focal point. But it will be, it'll be a great day. It'll be just absorbing it all. It's a beautiful day. It reminds me a bit of the 95 home Notre Dame game, although that was a little warmer. It's Look, if you watch game day today, and we don't invite you to change over to that now, but th- their forecast is wrong. It's at rain. That's not accurate. It's beautiful here. Unless there's something I don't know about, there's no chance of rain. It's going to be 80s during the day, down to the 60s at night. And every we all looked at our phones like, I'm not seeing that. Nobody's forecasting rain. So, But it's beautiful here. The atmosphere, as you might imagine, is incredible. Uh, there are a lot of Buckeye fans here. I, I don't want to estimate right now. But we're at the team motel looking right across here the street. St. Mary's College is right across the street here. But we're uh, we're ready to go. This is going to be a lot of fun, fellas. 
Yeah, you mentioned that weather report. I didn't see that live on game day, but yeah, I'm right in this area too. And no, it looks like it's going to be a beautiful day. In fact, I, I made the audible this morning to switch from jeans to shorts, even though it's going to be a night game. I think I'm going to be okay. I got some long sleeves on, so I think I'll, I'll be able to. I think to you're manage. good. I got shorts on. Absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it, it's shaping up to be a beautiful day. It should be a beautiful game. On the other side, you mentioned the offensive line for Iowa State. Defensively, Notre Dame's going to offer a different challenge than they did last year because Sam Hartman is a big upgrade at quarterback play for the Fighting Irish. When you look at that matchup and what he can offer for them and all the experience he has, what makes you most nervous about Sam Hartman under center for Notre Dame? we got to be able to get defensive line pressure, right? I feel like the secondary is going to be able to hold their own. Now, maybe they're not going to win or lose the game, but if they don't get pressure, that's going to be a problem on the back end. Uh, But when you look at, and I I specifically like the advantage for Ohio State with their safeties. Um, I think Sonny Styles will have a big impact in this game. Uh, Obviously, you've got Josh Proctor, who's ready to step forward, but how will they do at corner? Denzel, Jordan Hancock, how will that group hold up? Um, Davidson Ikmanosin, who is gone right to the front, I think, in that room, it appears. It's a great great gift for the Buckeyes. I have no problem with what they're going to be doing at linebacker. I think the interior D-line will be good. We've got to get pressure on the ends. Look, it's fourth game. Those guys need to show up. There's no excuse, right? That's exactly the fandom in me, and I feel like that's kind of the as-you-see-it moment, too. Um, Chops, where are you on campus? Where are you close? Maybe maybe I could see you from here. I just don't know. <laughs> no, I, I'm not not close yet. I'm actually okay. in Granger, which is where okay. uh, my friends sure. my friends' parents but, live, and that's where where we're staying this weekend. But I'll be right after this show. I'm packing up and I'm headed out there. Right. So then you yeah, might see get me. you get get you a pregame. I'll be pop. in Scarlet. Look for somebody in Scarlet. Well, there's going to be a lot. I'm not sure <laughs> oh, it's yeah. going to be 33 percent or 40 percent, but there's going to be a lot. There are a lot of Buckeyes that have made their way. The, the prices are crazy. The ticket price right now, apparently the lowest on market is like 900 bucks secondary. The the hotel we stayed out in Granger, $500 a night. I'm sorry, we were over in Elkhart, so about 15 miles away, 500 bucks a night. Place was packed. The hotel was average, but we did it. We're here, and uh, it should be it should be one to remember. No matter what the result, these are two blue bloods, and it's going to be great. Matt Andrews, our guest here, I'm on the call tonight, starting at six o'clock Eastern, with Paul Skip and Jim on the Ohio State Sports Network. Uh, Matty, have we, and, and by we I mean the media, put too much into the Ryan Day needs to be aggressive tonight against the Irish? Well, if you listen to Lou Holtz, Lou Holtz thinks he's soft. Mm. You know that was the the thing yesterday. Aggressive? I don't know if that's accurate. Probably to be a different term, but. Look, I want to see the steam of blowing people off the ball. Run the football. Um, I, I think Ohio State can, if they can get the blocking up front. Travion, I would think, would be sick of hearing about SMA. And, and look, this guy had like 10 yards last year. And our, I mean, something crazy. And I get he's better now. They got a better line. But Coach Cooper said something to a number of us in that media room Tuesday during the press conference. Look, they're good, but let's not make them better than they are. And, and I'm not saying Notre Dame's not playing good football and not deserving of the ranking. But but this is also about Ohio State now. But if you look at the last five recruiting classes, don't the Buckeyes have most of an advantage in those in terms of the players? Um, there's going to be moments for Notre Dame. They're at home. they got their crowd. They've got a great quarterback. they got a good running back. they got a great offensive line. 
But it seems to me like a lot's been made of Ryan Day and the big games, the toughness of this team, and having all day to watch the the talk and and hear that. I'm sure this team has gotten wind of that. If Notre Dame goes out there and they really want to take route man Marv out of the game and they double him a lot and he maybe doesn't have the production that some of us would hope, who's the next guy on the list that you think is going to have a big day for the offense if Marvin is limited? Well, it's going to be two or four, right? And if not them, ten. But I but I think this comes down to running the ball. Don't don't discount it. Train him as well. Like maybe Travion doesn't he's have that. Go. Maybe he's pitter. Maybe he's pitter pattering again. You know, who knows? Maybe Chip Train him will hit the hole. But if the Buckeyes are going to win, they're going to have to be balanced. They're going to have to get production from more than just wide receiver one and wide receiver two. And they're going to have to have a really good game from their quarterback. Look, the quarterback. Battles probably in favor of Hartman. Is that a challenge from McCord? Yeah, you could say that. We'll see how that goes. It's balance wise will be important. I think it's a very, very even matchup though between these two. It should be a great. It should be a great football game. Seven thirty tonight. The boot will meet the ball in South Bend. You hear Matt Andrews on the pregame coverage of it starting at six o'clock. Maddie. Something that we all get into this for games like this, for weekends like this. So we are truly blessed uh, to have what's going down tonight actually happen. We are thankful you gave us some time uh, this afternoon, bud. Enjoy the call. Enjoy the game. Uh, bring, yeah, back, bring back a win. Everybody enjoy the game, fellas. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, either way, we'll talk to you Monday. Thanks so much. See you, Matty. There it goes. And the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Is Florida State Clemsoning? That and more from early games in the top 25 next at Sports Saturday here on The Fan. If you're looking for the radio home of the crew, you've come to the right place. Because if we weren't, this promo would be very stupid. Proud to be your crew station. The fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. During weekend programming, pants are optional. Look at my butt! However, leather chairs may have been a bad choice. You're listening to Fan Sports Saturday. And it's Sports Saturday, so I get to do this for the uh, second before we, I guess, not so laugh at Dabo Sweeney. But that 9-8 win the Guardians had over the Orioles last night, Chops, it came moments after the Guardians were mathematically eliminated from playoff <laughs> contention. So a nice oh, win man. over the second best team in baseball, I'll say, this season. But unfortunately, it is official. <laughs> and it was, this was damn official weeks ago. Guardians. Seven games left, somewhere in that range. Yeah, seven games left. Guardians have two against the Reds next week. So while the Red Legs are a game and a half out of that final NI wildcard spot, Cleveland does have the chance to play some spoiler next week. So some stuff to watch out for if you are a Cleveland Guardians fan. And yes, I do apologize now for absolutely nothing as people in their cars are screaming at me on the best college football Saturday of the early season. What Here is the I Battle of Ohio sit at right now? The Battle for the Ohio Cup. I believe yeah. is what you wanted to phrase it as. Sure, that thing. The uh, There's a physical trophy, man. There let, is. Let me tell you something. Any chance to play for a trophy, especially for the Guardians, for sure, why the hell not? It's split. 
So they had two games back in August that they split. Uh, Guardians won 3 nothing in the first one. They just play a two-game series each time. Mm-hmm. So it's 1-1 right now. So, so somebody's going to have to win both of them to yeah, win it outright. I'm kind of hoping if they do split, then someone takes a chainsaw to the trophy. I think that when they split, the trophy should have to stay with the Clippers and Columbus. And I understand they're the Guardians okay. affiliate, but it feels right. It's right in the middle of them, and it's right in the heart of Ohio. So what is it? The Battle for Ohio Battle for the Ohio trophy? Cup. Battle for it's the just Ohio a cup. cup. Why? I don't know. Why is it that? Don't, don't ask. They, they do it. At do the, other like, pro teams have trophies? I think this was like CBUS was just a creation by some marketing firm to try okay. to make it a thing. And like fetch, stop trying to make it a thing is what I would say to anybody going. It matters. It does not matter. Especially when you play an even amount of games. Mm -hmm. So more often than not, they share it anyways, and it doesn't even work. We'll share with you some scores in the top 25 right now, or Bodie did in the update. So you know what? I'm not going to do the job that he just did. I am going to ask Chops if you've had eyes on Clemson, Florida State. I have had some eyes on it. So Florida State just picked up a uh, a fourth and one there on the the legs of Jordan Travis. So that good for them. They 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 found a way to get there, but that's still like right at midfield. They're down ten nothing so far. Clemson has looked like the more physical team. Yep. It does not look like Florida State's defensive backs are right now up to the task of what Cade Klubnick and a Clemson offense, which we have real doubts on, is doing to them. And Jordan Travis, he does pick up that fourth down, but he has not looked like a dude so far. And we're almost midway through the second quarter. I'm feeling pretty good about my Clemson upset pick right now, but there's a lot of football left to play, and they can get hot here. But Clemson is still a very talented team, and when you're down to them, that actually puts them in the right spot. That's where they want to be. They're going to lean on their defense as this goes. If Florida State doesn't score here, you could see the Seminoles in some real trouble. I will tell you the one thing I do know about this game between Florida State and Clemson. Jared versus is really good at football. Yeah, that's all I've got right now from this game, because like you said, you know, we all had a good laugh. And I was thinking about it when we were making fun of Dabo Sweeney after their uh, opening weekend loss to Duke and then just throughout the rest of this season. Is there anybody we enjoy laughing at more? And maybe you might have another candidate than Dabo Sweeney. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's right up there, but Ohio State fans really haven't had the chance to laugh at Jim Harbaugh, especially over the last two seasons. I think for me, it's I enjoy nothing more than seeing Dabo Sweeney struggle. Yeah, that that would be that for me. It's quieted down a little bit, like manifesting all the time because Clemson has been a little bit down over the last couple of years. And the thing with Michigan is, yes, I do hate Jim Harbaugh, but he also hasn't risen to the epitome of college football and won the national championship nope. or something like that. Whereas Clemson did do some of that sometimes at the you know with Ohio State being a team that they beat on the way to that. So that made them even more annoying in that time. Uh, so yeah, n- no, I don't have. Uh, I don't have much of a soft spot for Dabo, but I do think they're going to win this game. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Someone who does have a good laugh at the expense of a Michigan man was a player at Ohio State who was unblemished against the Wolverines in his record. That will be Tyvis Powell. He'll join us driving back from Ann Arbor as he was there for the Big Ten tailgate as the Wolverines right now in a 7-7 tie with Rutgers. Tyvis will join us at the bottom of this hour. Um, not this last time they played Notre Dame, but 2016. I think it was the Battle Frog Fiesta Bowl where Tyvis Powell had an interception, one of two turnovers for the Buckeyes in that win. This Ohio State defense looking to get back to silver bullet caliber. I think you cannot argue that when Tyvis Powell was a safety for the Buckeyes, they were, in fact, silver bullet caliber. There are, as we've said, six matchups today featuring teams within the top 25. 
you're going to figure out if you are a fan of a college football team with a name ne- with a number next to their name if your team you're going to feel either confident or you're going to feel really nervous about their chances their shot at a college football playoff this isn't an eliminator weekend in my opinion no team that no, takes an L today is going to be eliminated but boy like i think you were about to say chops it's a big step in the right direction or a couple steps back from where you want to get yeah, to borrow a golf term, it's moving day right now. So the AP poll is going to be really interesting to see tomorrow. This is the first time I read this this morning since 2006 that you've had six ranked versus ranked matchups. And all of the top 25, nobody's taken a, a buy this week. Some of the week zero teams have already cashed in on one of their, their two buys. USC, notably, I believe that was just last week. But all top 25 teams are in action today. And... With six ranked matchups, that's 12 of them. That's practically half of them are playing each other. So teams are going to pick up losses that don't have losses. Some are going to pick up their second loss. Looking at you, Alabama, Ole Miss, that's a, a chance there. And what's that going to mean for those programs, especially for the, the one that wins it, but also the one that loses it, especially if it's Alabama and Alabama picks up a second loss before we're even out of September. That is something we have not seen in a while. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a huge moving day in college football. It's already started here in the noon slate. I think the 3.30 slate is probably the best of the bunch. But in Big Ten country, we've got Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Penn State and Iowa in that one. I think it says a lot more if Iowa can beat Penn State, then I don't think Penn State's going to get a ton of credit for beating Iowa. But if Iowa wins, then, yeah, you're talking about, okay, they've been lingering right there in in the 24-25 range all season. How are they going to respond to that? And we'll get to the hypotheticals of what the outcomes of these games could mean for Ohio State and Notre Dame down the stretch. But I think the biggest one of these ranked matchups today is that Colorado-Oregon one at 3.30. Because if Colorado wins that, and they've got a date with USC next weekend at home, that's going to be... And we've already... I don't know how fast the Deion Sanders hype locomotive can go, but if they beat Oregon, it's going to start to pick up speed, and you've got to throw more coal into the into the furnace and get that thing going. I don't know how trains work, but however you get it going, it's going to be going more. I think that was a pretty good train analogy. I was going to use there at warp speed right now. They'd go to ludicrous speed if they're <laughs> able to beat Oregon today, especially without two-way star Travis Hunter. Um, he had a lacerated liver in their double overtime win against Colorado State last week. And so he's out this week. He's out next week against USC, like you mentioned. And I think he's going to miss at least three weeks with that injury. So unlike a team that loses a star player that's just down one position guy, he's two ways. And so for Mm -hmm. the Buffaloes, it's going to be how do we make up for both of those losses? And yeah, like the the Dion experience has been the story of college football. I'm not ready to say it's been the story in sport um, because that just I'm, I'm not ready to go there. I don't know if I can defend that. But in terms of college football, it's been what Prime has done with the Buffaloes in completely overturning, overhauling a roster, using portal persons in a way that's never been seen before. I know small sample size in terms of the transfer portal and how long it's been in existence, but there are other guys around the country who've tried similar portal paths that haven't had nearly the success in game one of this. And a 19-10 matchup I don't think has ever meant more than what's going to happen in Eugene at 330. Yeah, and the the Pac-12 is really interesting this year. We've talked about the quarterback play a lot on our 9 to noon show, weekdays, Bishop and Friends. But three of those 
ranked matchups in the in the Pac-12 right now are teams of three and zero. So you're going to see where you know half of those teams are going to pick up their first loss today, and, and what does that mean? And for the underdogs, I think Colorado it means the most for, but UCLA is still kind of breaking in a, a young quarterback. If they beat Utah, they're sitting at number twenty two right now. What's that going to mean? And then a seven o'clock start out there between Oregon State and Washington State. Really, the only technical Pac-12 teams left. The Pac-2 playing off there, and Washington State has that big win against Wisconsin, but Oregon State has looked good two years in a row now, and they've they've updated their quarterback play, but the, the moving in the Pac-12 is something to watch. I just hope we don't have another year where they beat each other, and they you know you end up with a, a two-loss champion, or the, the one-loss team like last year where USC, oh, if you just win it, you're, you're going to go to the college football playoff, and then you lose to Utah in the championship, or can the committee look past that and say, the Pac-12 is just really good this year. The champion should be in, and so far Three weeks into the season, I believe that. The Pac-12 champion should be in the playoff this year, even if they're two losses. Three losses, then we can have a discussion. But even at two losses, I think it's okay to put the Pac-12 champion in because they're, half of their league is that good right now. They have more than half their league ranked. And I agree. I, I, I do think the Pac-12 champion is deserved of a college football playoff spot in hell, even the runner-up. But we know, we both know, even Bodie knows, there's going to be conference cannibalization with the Pac-12 this year. And we haven't mentioned it all at 3.30 in Salt Lake City. Number 11, Utah. Number 22, uh, UCLA. This from Pete Thamel earlier today. Cam Rising will not start uh, against the Bruins for the Utes. He tore his ACL in the Rose Bowl. And I'm telling you, I'm worried about him. It feels like a JSN type type mm-hmm. experience that they are having where there's talk that he could be ready for the season opener and then okay well not this week then maybe next week and the Utes to their credit have rolled along um at three and oh have gotten them to this point and you don't think that they need 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 cam rising against the Bruins but we're going to start to talk about other matchups that they're going to have later in the season against an Oregon against uh I don't know if they play Colorado or not but against USC and then if they can make it to a Pac-12 title tilt then you're going to need Cam Rising for that. And I'm very interested to see what the youths, because again, we talked to numbers next to names. Are they the 11th best team in the country without Cam Rising? I don't think so. And at what point, if Cam Rising is, I mean, this is the fourth game. That's a third of your season now. At what point are you going to be looking in the mirror and saying, I don't think Cam can go this year, or we can't count on him to go this year. Maybe at some point at the end of the year he will be healthy enough and and he can go for you. But they still haven't really picked the quarterback. It's probably the most successful we've seen a two-quarterback situation go because they're sitting there with the true starter on the sidelines coming back from that ACL. But they've gone with Johnson and Barnes in each of the first three games, and it's pretty much much dead even now Johnson he's the more athletic one he has a lot more carries than Barnes he has 33 carries to Barnes is only 11 but as far as pass attempts go Johnson has 32 Barnes has 37 they are 3 and 0 but are they going to choose one or are they going to keep going in and in and out I mean it's a tough it's a tough ask of the defenses they're going up against because they offer a different thing. There's a lot. Barnes is very dynamic out there running the ball. We saw that in week 1 against Florida but are they going to – that's probably where I would go. It's like, well, probably go with the more athletic guy that usually presents more of an upside with, you know, if you're picking a quarterback. But maybe they're going to go with this kind of by committee and really just wait out the Cam Rising thing. But no, without Rising playing, I don't think they're going to fully live up to that number 11 by the side of their name. But they're winning right now. We've also forgot to mention the Titanic tilt in the Mid-American Conference at 330. Oh. Big Mac East game between Ohio and Bowling Green. Again, that'll be 3.30. The Ohio Bobcats are 3-1 and one on the season, looking to improve to 4-1. and one. Uh, the Michigan Is Rourke Man- good? Is he still playing? Yes, so Rourke is playing. 
Uh, he missed week one with a knee injury, and then there was um, it was Long Island. It was Long Island. I was about to say Long Island State, but that doesn't make any damn sense. But it's college football. <laughs> what exactly makes sense? Uh, he was held out for precautionary reasons because you do need him uh, for the max slate that again starts for the Bobcats today at three thirty in Bowling Green. The Michigan man's taking a touchdown lead over the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. We'll get into some other action and happenings goings on in the Big Ten and what would a win mean for whichever team emerges victorious tonight in South Bend. We'll do all of that before we get to Tyvis Powell next. It's Sports Saturday here on the Fan. Let me see. Buckeyes, yes. Jackets, yes. Crew, yes. Fart noises. Hell yes. The fan. Ohio sports destined. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Live, local, and still slightly drunk. I'm I'm not drunk, all right? I just have a speech impediment. This is Fan Sports Saturday. Research Chops Bodie rolling along for another 40 minutes before we hand things off here. Matty Ice and Devere Posey. They've got the pregame show. Then we'll go out to Hollywood Casino with Anthony Rothman for the tailgate show. And then at 6 o'clock live from South Bend, Indiana, the Ohio State's network pregame coverage. Skip Mossick, Paul Keels, Jim Lachey, and Matty Andrews will pr- properly prepare you for Ohio State Notre Dame. The boot will meet the ball at Notre Dame Stadium around 730 um, right now in the top 25, Michigan's taken a 14 to seven lead on Rutgers into the half, about two minutes and change left at the a death Valley. Clemson's got a 17, seven lead over Florida state. So the Seminoles doing a little bit of Clemsoning of their own chops. I teased into this segment, what's happening in the big 10, but outside of Iowa, Penn state, Ohio state, Notre Dame, Michigan, Rutgers, there ain't much except for what happened last night. I think we'll have big West implications with Wisconsin beating Purdue 38 to 17. Yeah, Wisconsin looked more complete than they had in, in previous weeks, so that was good to see. They Purdue pushed them a little bit in the second half and then they pushed right back and ended up with a, a pretty sizable lead there by the end of the game. Um looks like Tanner Mordecai has some legs on him, so his running ability is going to be a factor for them as well, but yeah, I think Purdue is the been a little bit of a question mark this year, trying out a new head coach. He's a former defensive coordinator for Illinois. So what what is going to be like? What are they going to look like? Because Purdue has been such an offensive focused team for decades, really. Now it's not even just in the Brom era, but even before that. I mean, Drew Brees was there. Um, but I think yeah, uh, Purdue. I think we can get into the the realm of you know, they're not a good team. Wisconsin. Looking better, it, I think it's really going to come down to Iowa and Wisconsin in the West, which is usually what you circle at the beginning of the year, but that those two seem to be the powers right now, and Wisconsin right in the ship a little bit after dropping that one to Washington State. So in the West, you've got uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota 1-0 in Big Ten play. Iowa looking for their first Big Ten win against Penn State. That'll be at 7.30 at Happy Valley. For uh, Wisconsin, just going back to the Badgers real quick, it was like a day after Bredlin Allen was kind of vocal about his lack of production over the first couple of weeks, got 16 carries and made the most of it a buck 16 on the ground and two touchdowns. So yeah, it does feel like for the Wisconsin Badgers trying to figure out an identity that's new, but also still Wisconsin or what we had thought to be Wisconsin 
uh, going through a little bit of an identity crisis, but we're still in September. So I think you have a lot of teams doing that, and it's very fair to do so. But the clock is ticking for everybody because once you start getting into October, it's like, all right, we need to figure out who we are. And I'm just talking, I'm talking about everybody. And I do mean two teams will meet in South Bend tonight in Ohio State and Notre Dame. Just thinking what this, what a win would mean for either team. Again, I don't think either will be eliminated from college football playoff contention. Exactly. But this is the first box that you've got to check, in my opinion, to feeling like you could be an actual contender for the Final Four. Yeah, if you're looking at like the hypotheticals of what happens when each team wins this game or if each team wins this game, I think that the winner of this puts himself in a driver's seat for yep. a spot in that four-team college football playoff the last year, that it's just going to be four teams. I think Ohio State has a better chance to overcome things if they lose tonight to Notre Dame because they've still got dates with Wisconsin, who looks like they're, they're playing better, that one on the road, so that could prove something, but especially the game at home against Penn State and then at Michigan at at the end of the year, you guys know that one. It's the game. So Ohio State would have a chance to to put themselves back up there. Plus, if you win those games and you win out even from that, really good chance to win the Big Ten. That's another thing to put on your resume. Notre Dame doesn't have that shot to win a conference and go through that. So I think for this year to be deemed a success, they're definitely going to have to split at least one of Ohio State and USC. They've got USC in a couple of weeks. That's October 14th, I believe, against the Trojans. That one also in Notre Dame Stadium. So they do have another marquee game there, but it would be a little bit harder for them to to work their way back up because they don't have the, the benefit of multiple top 10 games still remaining on their schedule, and they can't win a conference um as far as like what would happen to the teams here i think if notre dame wins you'd probably see roughly close to just like a flip of the two rankings that ohio state would fall to that 9 10 11 type range and i think notre dame would move up to to the sixth range now that all depends on the other outcomes here because florida state loses their number four they fall back that kind of moves everybody else up a rung so we'll have to see how the other games go but not factoring in the results of other games because we don't know what those results are yet. I think that's what you'd kind of see if Notre Dame wins, a flip there. I don't think Notre Dame would be super punished for losing to Ohio State. I think that they would fall into the 12, 13, 14 range, especially if it's close and that's what the the spread is looking like. OSU, if they win, I think vaults back in probably into the top four, especially if Florida State does lose to Clemson here. And again, Florida State was trailing LSU at the half of their game, I believe, and then they made a second-half comeback. So just be careful when counting out the Seminoles, uh, especially right now, as they're just down 10 points with a couple ticks left before the half against Clemson. I'd heard uh, this week that of the two coaches in this, Marcus Freeman in his second year and Ryan Day with Ohio State, that Marcus needs this game more than – Marcus needs this more than Ryan Day. No, I, I, I believe I heard correctly, and I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think Ryan Day needs this game because I think this is momentum that you can't afford to lose right now going into the month of October and then carrying forward to Michigan. For Marcus, they're still building a thing at Notre Dame. Now, you've never had, you haven't had a quarterback like this in a long, probably before Bodie was born. Because, Bodie, were you a child when Brady Quinn was quarterbacking? Yeah. (laughs) And I'd say Hartman's the best uh, we've had since Quinn. Since him. Yeah. Yeah. And for. The Irish, you know, what Hartman does is he elevates everybody on the current team. But he also makes it more intriguing to show kids that are of the four or five star caliber quarterback wise that, hey, I can go here and be developed and then make my way into the NFL. Something similar to the quarterback factory that's been established at Ohio State. But momentum, I don't think Ohio State's got any any margin to lose that tonight in South Bend, if that makes sense, Jobs. 
Yeah, I think the better context for it is not that it means more to uh, each coach or that they have to have it or anything, but I think this, even more than the USC game, is the most important game on Notre Dame's schedule for Marcus Freeman here, whereas for Ohio State, this is a very important game, but the most important one is that Michigan one factoring in two straight losses to the Wolverines. Haven't beaten them in three years because we didn't play them in 2020. So that's why I think, not that like Ryan Day is taking it any less seriously, but I think that that Notre Dame result is the most important thing for him. But he does need this because you lose this one and people will start to really question, especially if it's in a similar fashion where it feels like, oh, they're getting, they're getting punched in the mouth and they're being pushed back by a more physical team. That's going to really start to ramp up those questions. Marcus Freeman loses this one and it's going to go, okay, is he a guy who's actually going to push them over the edge, or is this similar to the Brian Kelly area where you were really good, but you weren't as good as those top elite teams? Those questions will start to come up, but Ryan Day's a little bit more advanced in that stuff. Um, so I think that, yeah, it, this game is very important to him. It's just not the most important game of the year. History's on Ryan Day's side. Ohio State 5-2 and two in the all-time series. Again, a criminally low amount of times these two programs have played all-time. Last but the two, matchups stand out in your head, don't they? They do, especially one in 2016. The Battle Frog Fiesta Bowl. Ohio State beat Notre Dame 44-28. to Buckeyes forced two Irish turnovers. And we'll talk with one of those turnover makers next in Tyvis Powell. It's Sports Saturday here on The Fan. If your idea of the perfect radio show is all Buckeyes all the time, then it's your lucky day, Slappy. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Fred, not friends. The fan is still live and local with Fan Sports Saturday. The name might not be great, but what if we included Tyvis Powell, a three-year starter for the Buckeyes, defensive MVP of a national title game, and the man who brought down Alabama. Ball in the air toward the end zone, and that ball is going to be... Look at the Buckeyes get it. Coming out of the end zone with a football Go down. Is Tyvis Powell. He goes racing up and is tackled at the 30 yard line, and the king of the SEC has fallen. It's Fan Sports Saturday with national champion Tyvis Powell. Oh, and uh, and Eric Reeser. And Chops, but hold on. That was the wrong game. Third down to John Kaiser. From the 50 yard line, gets the snap, drops the throw back at his own 40. Kaiser puts that ball in the air, and it's intercepted by Tyvis Powell, and he is tackled by Fuller. Go down. Oh, Fuller, 40 yard line, and that is at the Ohio State 40. Tyvis Powell had one taken away earlier, but he picks this one. A little redemption for our next guest, Tyvis Powell. Of course, Paul Keels, Jim Lachey on the call there. 2016 Battle Frog Fiesta Bowl. Tyvis Powell, our guest, courtesy of the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Good to have you on, bud. Hope you're driving safe from Ann Arbor. Do you, what do you remember about that game and that play in particular? Well, about that game, I knew at that point I had known that it was my last game as a Buckeye, and it was a bunch of our last games as the Buckeyes. And Chops, I think that uh, did we lose we Titus? Might have lost him. We'll try to reconnect. With the, well, I wasn't sure if you lost, if I lost you guys or if we lost Tyvis. Yeah, with me being remote. Out be- here it was in interesting that he was like, "That was 
My last game was a Buckeye, and then absolutely nothing from Tyvis. We'll, we'll see if we can intercept the call again there and get go. him back on here. I'm, I'm interested yeah, to hear what he has to say about playing Notre Dame. Oh, here he is. Tyvis. How you doing, Tyvis? What happened? You know, this is what happens when you, you – I'm going through Bowling Green right now. I literally just passed Bowling Green, and it's like I lost service. So, anyway, <laughs> yes. Anyways, I was saying, this, I knew it was the last game for a lot of the Buckeyes, so I just wanted to go out there, and we all wanted to give it one more last bang, and I think we did that. We answered that bell really well. <laughs> so, Tyvis, playing a game like Notre Dame, that's, you know, a classic helmet matchup. Ohio State obviously has those in conference, too, especially while you're in school. Of course, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State gave you uh, some troubles and that you had some really good games against the Spartans as well. But when it's an out-of-conference game, especially when you go there, what is that like as a Buckeye wearing the scarlet and gray and you go out there into enemy territory, a team you do not see often because it's out of conference? What is that feeling like, especially if it's under the lights? What are the Buckeyes going to be feeling out there tonight? Well, it's interesting because I got to do that a couple of times. Obviously, the Virginia Tech one was the one you know that comes to mind right now. What they're feeling is they're going to be they're going to be by themselves. Now, don't get me wrong, Buckeye fans travel well, but you know they've been trying. I guess. They was trying to only give 5,000 tickets to the Buckeye fans. Anyways, you know Buckeye Nations is not going for that. They'll have about 25,000 at that stadium. But outside of that, they'll feel like they're by themselves. But that, the good thing is at Ohio State, all you need is each other, and you have to depend on each other to make it out of this situation. And everybody has to bring their A game. So it's going to challenge each other to make sure that they bring their A game, and you got to know that the person that's next to you is a dog, and he's going to get it done by any means necessary. And I think that's what we We'll see tonight. Tyvis, we've talked for a while now about this Ohio State defense wanting to return to silver bullet caliber. That was something when you as a player, it was undisputed. You guys were the silver bullets for this defensive unit and for Jim Knowles, especially do they, how do they balance being aggressive? Because we've seen that nip Ohio State in the bud with getting a rush on Sam Hartman just using four guys. Like, how early, I guess, to, better way to phrase this question, how early do you think before they go, all right, we got to send it the house? <laughs> well, I think that you, you come out in the game plan and, you know, you want to see how Sam Hartman is distributing the football. Is he one of those guys that needs time because they're running deeper developing routes? Or is he a guy that gets the ball out of his hand pretty quick? If he gets the ball out of his hand pretty quick, then you only need to rush four. But if he's doing those deeper developing routes, you know, routes that's out past 10 yards, then you need to send the house because you need to get some pressure on there to make him speed his clock up. That way he throws a ball that's mistimed or you, he holds it so long that the, the pass rush can get there. So I think that's how you kind of have to go into this game plan and see exactly how Sam Hartman is, uh, how he's distributing the football. And I think that's what they will do. Tyvis, looking at the other dimension of Notre Dame's offense, you got a big back in Estime. He's you know one of the leaders of in rushing yards in the country right now. So the Buckeyes are going to have their hands full on the rushing attack from the Irish tonight as well. I feel very confident in what our linebackers, Steel Chambers and Tommy Eichenberg, offer. But you're a safety. This guy kind of plays safety, kind of plays linebacker, kind of plays everywhere. But Sonny Styles, do you think we'll see him on the field more? And do you think we'll see him more playing up near the line of scrimmage, kind of more in the linebacker hybrid role? Is that something they're going to do to attack the, the rushing game from Notre Dame? What do you think? Well, I think that he's very interesting because he's so big and he ha he's such a physical tackler 
but he's also a DB, so I think you can get away with having him in as that extra linebacker in there. I don't think you need to bring a, a traditional linebacker in there. It's for the simple fact that, you know, if you go up against a tight end, you won't have to worry about, you know, the tight end boxing somebody out because he's big enough to handle that. But he's also physical enough to be inside the box, so you have him there on the run game. Typically, teams pull DBs out to bring linebackers in, you know, when it's a team that's going to focus on running the ball. But if that if that guy, that DB, is physical enough to be in there, then you always want to have speed in the game. And I think that that's what he does um, to the point that, you know, he, we really don't need the linebacker. So I think we will see Sonny Styles in there a lot. Um, and I think he needs to be around the ball. I think that's his best skill set is that he's a physical tackler and he just has a nose for the football. Along with the other two linebackers, Steele and Tommy, I'm not really worried about the run game because I think that our, our interior of our D-line with Ty Leak and Mike Hall Jr. have been doing such a good job this year that it's helping these linebackers be able to free flow. And those two guys are the best in the country when it comes to flying around and getting to the football. So I think all of them collectively will shut that run game down. Like the all-star defensive back, we've come to know you as. You're everywhere. And we got to see your smiling face on BTN's Big Ten tailgate this morning, live from the big house in Ann Arbor. And the lavender, <laughs> the lavender shirt was a nice touch there, Tyvis. But they were playing the Scarlet Knights. Why weren't you allowed to wear scarlet for that TV appearance? <laughs> well, they told me that if I wore scarlet, then I would have to wear blue in November when we played when when I did the Ohio State tailgate show, and that's absolutely not. So I figured I'd just break my tradition this year of wearing the team's colors. Figured I'd just break it for a week and go with a nice lavender color because it matches my skin tone really well. So yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna wear maize and blue. That's that's a a non-starter for you. I get that. I totally don't want to be in that today. In fact, I was. I, I was looking at uh, some of my undergarments today. First one was navy blue, and I was like, well, I can't do that. The other one was green, and I was like, actually can't do that either. So I had to go for these one. They got little skiers on them, so I think I'm, I think I'm in the clear now. Uh, as far as Notre Dame defensively, Lou Holtz seems to think so because they go good against good. They, they see their receivers in practice, and they are comparable to Ohio State. I don't think they are. What do you think, Notre Dame? Very experienced, very good defensive backfield. But what do you think they, their day is going to look like going up against Emeka Ibuka, Marvin Harrison Jr. and company? Well, it's going to be a day for everybody. You know, it, when you as a DB in college, when you get to go up against Marvin Harrison or Emeka Ibuka, it's literally your draft take. This is this is what you NFL scouts are going to come in and say. Let me see the Ohio State film and see what you did against those two good receivers. If you can do well against those guys, your stock goes through the roof. If it doesn't, then you're just another guy. And and the NFL don't want just another guy. So these guys are going to be up and they're going to have to have a game plan. It's probably going to start off with them doing some man-to-man things because their defensive coordinator knows that they want to be able to lift their draft stock. So they'll let them play man-to-man to see if they can handle it. They got a good handle on it. That opens up the game, the defensive game plan for this defensive coordinator because he feels like, hey, I don't need to put extra attention on these wide receivers because these guys can handle it. If they can't handle it, which a lot of people can't, then that's when the adjustments will come. We'll, see, we'll start seeing a lot of uh, two-man or double teams or bracket coverage, you know, to try to stop these guys. And then the guys of Cade Stover and Julian Fleming will be able to eat. And as long as Kyle McCord is distributing the football well, he'll always have guys wide open. Tyvis, my friend, we'll get you out of here on this. When you talk about Kyle McCord, 
and the conversations that he's had for the past couple of months with Ryan Day, what's the one conversation going to be like the first conversation that they have when everybody's out on the field tonight around 730? Are they going to say, just go out there and effing gun it? Or are they going to try to play conservative at first and see how it goes? Well, I'll let you know something. Ryan Day <laughs> has said many and many a day after after the, the team up north lost. I could finally say that because I'm out on the Big Ten Network. After the team up north lost last year, he said his biggest regret was that he didn't just let it fly. He didn't play loose. He played tight. And he said that was he was never going to do that again as long as he was the coach at Ohio State. So if somebody says a statement like that, that means that he's playing to win every single game, and that means you let it fly. And I think that's exactly what we'll see tonight. Prediction? 56 to nothing, Buckeye. <laughs> okay, thanks, Tyus. From no, your mouth playing. to touch down <laughs> Jesus' ears. <laughs> So I got I got 38-27, Buckeyes. All right, buddy. Okay. Drive safe back to the capital city. Thank you so much for your time. You can be heard tomorrow morning on Cleveland Browns Radio Network pregame. That'll be on 1460 ESPN. But catch his wonderful, smiling face every Saturday morning on BTN's Big Ten tailgate. Tyvis, thanks so much for the time, bud. Thank you, guys. Go Bucks. Tyvis appears courtesy the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. Okay, we got to put a bow on the show. We'll update you on some scores around the country and then give you our predictions on what's going to happen tonight in South Bend. That's all next. It's Sports Saturday here on The Fan. Big voice guy here to remind you that you're listening to The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Okay, thanks. I have three more seconds. Uh, Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. We firmly believe it's appropriate to tailgate before a youth soccer game. You're listening to Fan Sports Saturday. Especially a youth soccer game today. you still got several hours until Ohio State and Notre Dame. So what's a couple of cold pops at well, quarter we to are- two? We are four pre's, pre, 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 pre-game, mm-hmm. and that's common man's rule. Is like as long as Ohio State pre-game is on, and I know we're fans sports Saturday, but it counts as pre-game to me. Then you can pop a cold one. That's common man's rule, and he's kind of in charge. So I think we have to go with that. Yeah, no, there's um, three more pre's after us. The official pre will start at six o'clock. Uh, we'll have uh, Maddie Ice and Devere Posey on for the tail or for the pre-game show. Is the title of the next program from two to four. Four to six, Anthony Rothman will be joined by Reed Fragel at the Hollywood Casino Columbus. They'll go until six o'clock. And then, of course, Paul Skip, Jim, and Matty Andrews will have your pregame coverage until the boot meets the ball. Notre Dame Stadium at 7.30 or thereabouts. Chops, before I get your score prediction, what are what's one thing you want to see from Ohio State's defense? One thing you want to see from Ohio State's offense or vice versa, whichever you want to do first tonight. One thing I want to see from the offense is I want to see the run blocking look the part. I think you've got 
at the very least, two stellar backs. Mine Williams has had a little bit of a, a slow start this year, but we know what when we see what he can do. I think those backs can get it done. I want to see them able to, in plays where you want to run it, on a third and two, let's get this first down and keep this drive alive, that you can go out there, push them back, and do that. Because I think the pass protection is going to be good enough this year, but is the run blocking actually something that's going to be up to the standard? I like the, the passing attack, so it's really seeing that rushing attack all come together against an opponent like Notre Dame. On the defense side of the ball. I asked Tyvis about it and that's something I'm really interested uh, to see is, is Sonny Styles and where he can be all over the field. How much is he going to come up and help in the run game? What can he do in the defensive backfield? How can they limit this plethora of receivers that Sam Hartman likes to spread the ball out to? So defensive backfield, but especially Sonny Styles and what he does. What do you want on the offense and defensive side? Offensively, of the I want to see Chip and I want to see DeBomb. Defensively, just throw it to Routeman Marv. Throw it up. I think the worst thing that could happen nine times out of ten is you get a pass interference call. You might get picked off once. I don't think that'll be a killer if you're able to limit turnovers here tonight or tonight, today, whenever. (laughs) On what I I say, the offense. Defensively, I just want to see Tyleek Williams. Up the middle. Yeah. And because... Well, nobody's ever accused us of being impartial. I bring in Bodie Wells, who will give us his keys for a Notre Dame win. Boo! Tonight in South Bend. Yeah, the front seven defensively forced McCord, excuse me, McCrowd, McCord. I was talking about C.J. Stroud out there with Matty Ice during the break. We're going to stay with Kyle McCord. I hope C.J. Stroud don't play tonight. That's number one, because if he does, we're in trouble. Yeah, force McCord to beat you. I'm not saying he can't, but at least force him to. The front seven in particular, they've been solid this year. I think we've seen Ohio State's been weak at the offensive line through the first three games, so that's a that's a position that I think Notre Dame's got to be able to take advantage of there, even though they don't have a great defensive line. I think that's a spot that they can win, potentially win the game there, and so McCord uh, forced them to beat you there, and then offensively, I kind of flip back and forth on whether or not it's more important to get the run game going from the offensive line or protect Hartman. It's probably both, right? So I'll just kind of say the offensive line. Live up to what you can be. I've heard some people maybe throughout the week kind of throw out the word great. I don't think this has been a great Notre Dame offensive line. I think they can be. I think they got potential three, maybe four guys that can play in the NFL in a few uh, over the next few years. And Joe Walt is definitely one of them. But the right side hasn't maybe played as well as uh, I think they can. But if they step up tonight and they can get the run game going, protect Hartman as their uh, that's you know that's Notre Dame's path to win. All right, we'll start you with Bodie. Win one for the Gipper. Can the Just Irish one, do maybe. that tonight? What's the score? I went. I said this yesterday on Rothman and I. So I'll stick with it. Twenty-seven, twenty-six. Irish defense. Steps up in the red zone, gets uh, full, uh, holds the Buckeyes to a few field goals there, and Hartman finds a way, man, finds a way to win it. Chops, uh, what's your score prediction? I said yesterday, I think there's going to be a big special teams play in this game as well, whether that's a block kick, some sort of return. I hope it's for Ohio State. Based on my prediction, I do think it's going to be for the Buckeyes. I had this yesterday, and I think we're all pretty close, but I think mine's the widest margin. I've got OSU winning 31-24. to Yeah, 31-28 in favor of the visitors. But, of course, we will see as the boot meets the ball at 7.30. Chops, it's been fun. Go enjoy. Don't get arrested. We, Why not? We will send this program to Maddie Ice, to Devere Posey on the pregame show. Thanks for listening. See you next Saturday on The Fan. Here's a listener tweet. Can I tase Common Man in the nuts? <laughs> Fine by us, but he may like it. Common Man and Tebow. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit LindsayHonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. This is the Fans Game Day Scoreboard. Brought to you by Valley Board of Columbus. Good afternoon. Um, but it wells. We've got a few ranked teams in action right now. Rutgers is at number two, Michigan. The Wolverines lead 17 to 7 midway through the third quarter. Number four, Florida State at Clemson. The Seminoles just tied that game at 17 all early in the third quarter. And just getting started in the third quarter in this game, number 16, Oklahoma at Cincinnati. The Sooners lead that one 10 to 3. Got several ranked matchups throughout the rest of the day at 330. Number 19, Colorado is at number 10, Oregon. Number 22, UCLA is at number 11, Utah. Number 15, Ole Miss at 13th ranked Alabama. Tonight at 7, Oregon State at Washington State. And at 730, Iowa's at Penn State. And the Buckeyes are at Notre Dame. Baseball this evening, Baltimore's at Cleveland at 610. And the Pirates are at the Reds at 640. This update is sponsored by Valley Fort of Columbus, F-150's Bronco Sports Escapes and more. For maximum selection and savings, visit valleyfortacolumbus.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.